Greetings, this is J.R. Dickey. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast. And by the way, don't forget our website, graceandtruth.net. I hope you're having a great day, but if not, hang with me. It's about to get better. Okay, today we're going to talk about points in time within the scripture in which there is a fundamental change. I call them turning points. The first one we're going to talk about is in Exodus. The Exodus was a turning point for the Hebrew nation, but with a background of, let's say, two to four million people enslaved, the epic story is focused on, well, just two characters, God and Moses. Now, as our sovereign, omnipotent creator, God himself has no turning points. You see, he doesn't change. However, Moses had a momentous turning point. And we need to understand its impact on the man as the catalyst for the turning point for the masses. Now, this incredibly important event occurred when he was 80 years old. But we have to review his life before that in order to really appreciate it. Many of us can recall how in order to persecute the Hebrews, who had become too numerous in Pharaoh's eyes, the order was given for all newborn sons to be cast into the Nile River to drown. Well, defying this order, Moses' mother hid him for about three months after he was born and then built him a little ark out of bulrushes. She made it waterproof and then launched the little baby boy with hope in her heart onto the river. Soon after, the little boat caught the attention of Pharaoh's daughter, who was bathing in the river nearby. At this point, God touched her heart, and she took the Hebrew baby in as her own. Now, Moses' sister was watching and offered to find the princess, a nursemaid. When Pharaoh's daughter said yes, she found her mother, who was then paid to nurse her own child. Pretty good deal. But over time, in Pharaoh's household, Moses grew in stature and renown. And at the age of 40 or so, he tried to resolve a dispute between a couple of Hebrews However, in the process, his crime the day before of killing an Egyptian was made public, and he had to flee from Pharaoh for his life into the desert. So, after some 40 years of learning, you might say, how to be a real somebody in Egypt, Moses found his new abode in the remotest part of the desert tending sheep and avoiding scorpions. Now, this wasn't just the desert. It was the far side of the desert. And in that place, he became a shepherd, considered in Egypt to be the lowest profession. Consequently, the next 40 years after that, he learned to be a real nobody. Finally, at the age of 80, God saw that he was ready for his turning point. The Bible says, 
Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. He said, here I am. And he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. So what made this the turning point? No longer brash and impulsive, no longer prideful or pompous. Moses observed this simple but amazing miracle. As a result, he encountered the God of all. He had become meek, so meek that the scripture describes him as the meekest man in the world. This was the first time God spoke to Moses, revealing himself through a humble bush burning in the desert. So, the preparation of this speechless shepherd was finished, the preparation. God knew he was ready for the next step, a mission unparalleled in human history before or since. He was ready to trust God in obedience to his commands to lead some six million or so Hebrews out of Egypt and to the land promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob uh, some four to six hundred years earlier. Now, Moses would continue to learn from God for 40 more years until his death, but in a day he went from lost to found, from lonely to the friend of God, from having no clue of spiritual truth to receiving the very law of God. Everything that transpired after this, the ten plagues, the parting of the Red Sea, the march through the wilderness, all of it launched from this simple experience. Therefore, let's consider what this means to us. What does it say about God? Well, we can see that he obviously has great patience and humility. He waited for more than, well, let's say several hundred years to bring Moses on the scene and then another 80 or so to get his attention. He did not appear as a stormy tornado or a mighty cedar tree, or even as a commanding king, but rather as a simple bush burning in the desert wilderness. Also, it's clear he is perfectly holy 
and he told Moses to respect that holiness. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, he called to him. He didn't engulf him in flames or sweep him up into the heavens or even shake the ground. God could have done those things if he wanted, but here he reached out to Moses quite gently. What does it say about God's promises? Now, God made many specific promises to his people. In Canaan, God made a promise to Abram. It says in Genesis 15, And he said to Abram, Know of a surety that your seed shall be a stranger in a strange land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall serve, I will judge, and afterward shall they come out with great substance. When Joseph, as prime minister in Egypt, called for his family to come down there where he could take care of them, Jacob, or that's Israel, stopped along the way to check with God on the journey. It says, And Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices unto the God of his father Isaac. And God spoke to Israel in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, Here I am. And he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not fear to go down into Egypt, for I will there make of you a great nation. I will go down with you into Egypt, and I will also bring you up again. That's in Genesis 46. And then, near the beginning of Moses' life, the Bible records that concerning the Hebrew nation, in Exodus 2, it says, And God heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. Now that's to say God always fulfills his promises, and he does so on his schedule and according to his plan, not ours. Now, what does it say about God's preparation? You know, I went through 13 weeks of preparation in the military officer training program. Moses went through 80 years of training. The Hebrew people went through about 400 years of preparation, and still they needed 40 years of toughening in the Sinai wilderness before entering the Promised Land. I think it's fair to say that God's training is considerably more thorough than mankind's. Most, if not all, of the men and women God used mightily in Scripture were tested and prepared for years from Noah to Abraham to Joseph to Daniel all the way down to Jesus. Everyone was prepared through testing and training. And guess what? You will be too. When a crop is planted, you cannot rush it. It will be ready in its time and not before. The same is true for each of us who look to the Lord to grow us up in faith. We're all being prepared for heaven. God knew Moses was ready for his next step in service when he turned and decided to investigate the burning bush, why it wasn't consumed. 
That's when he met God. And as a consequence, soon all of the Hebrew nation would meet the Almighty. To encounter the Lord personally, that's the turning point in anyone's life. And that's one thing that this burning bush experience represents. Now may the Lord grant you peace in the midst of any storm and faith to trust him. Look for our next podcast and may you realize more of his grace today.